Dear listeners, are you tired of the endless cycle of fad diets and extreme measures? It's time to wake up to a better weight loss solution with Robody. As someone who's been through the ups and downs of weight loss, I know firsthand the challenge of trying to find what will stick. That's why if I qualified for Robody today, I'd jump at the chance for a scientifically backed program that supports long-term success. With Robody, you'll gain access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market, paired with personalized lifestyle changes. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. Say goodbye to the roller coaster of weight loss dreams and hello to sustainable, real results with Robody. Go to row.co slash snoozecast. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash snoozecast. If you haven't subscribed and written a review yet, please do. We get closer to our goal every week. Your reviews continue to amaze us, and we learn from your feedback as well. So thank you for taking the time to share. This episode is supported by Warm Slippers for Your Bare Feet. Tonight, we'll be reading the opening chapters of New Amazonia, A Foretaste of the Future written by Elizabeth Corbett under the pen name Mrs. James Corbett and first published in 1889. Categorized as feminist utopian, it was one element in the wave of utopian and dystopian literature that marked the later 19th and early 20th centuries. In her novel, Corbett envisions a successful suffragette movement eventually giving rise to a breed of highly evolved Amazonians who turn Ireland into a utopian society. Let's get cozy. Close your eyes. Relax your body to the softness of your bed. Now, take a few deep breaths. I took a nap, and the next event I can chronicle was opening my eyes on a scene at once so beautiful and strange that I started to my feet in amazement 
this was not my study, and I beheld nothing of the magazine, which was the last thing I remembered seeing before I went to sleep. I was in a glorious garden, gay with brilliant-hued flowers, the fragrance of which filled the air with a subtle and delicate perfume. Around me were trees laden with luscious fruits, which I can only compare to apples, pears, and quinces, only they were as much finer than the fruits I had hitherto been familiar with as ribstone pippins are to crabs and as jargonelles are to greenbacks. Countless birds were singing overhead, and I was about to sink down again and yield to a delicious languor that overpowered me when I was recalled to the necessity of behaving more decorously by hearing someone near me exclaim in mystified accents, By Jove, but isn't this extraordinary? I say, do you live here? Or have you been taking hashish too? I looked up and saw, perched on the limb of a great tree, a young man of about 30 years of age, who looked so ridiculously mystified at the elevated position in which he found himself that I could not refrain from smiling, though I did not feel able to give an immediate satisfactory reply to his queries. Oh, that's right, he commented. It makes a fellow relieved to see a smile when he wasn't at all sure whether he wouldn't get sent to Jericho for perching up an apple tree. But really, I don't know how the deuce I came to be up here. That is, I beg your pardon, but I can't understand how I happened to be up this apple tree. And oh, by Jove, it isn't an apple tree after all. Isn't this extraordinary? but I could positively do nothing but laugh at him for the space of a moment or two. Then I gravely remarked that as I supposed he was not glued to the tree, he had better come down, whereat he followed my advice, being unfortunate enough, however, to graze his hands and tear the knees of his trousers during the process of disembarkation. When at last he had relieved himself of a few spare expletives, delivered in a tone which he vainly flattered himself was too low for me to hear, he stood revealed before me, a perfect specimen of the British masher. His height was not too great, being, I subsequently ascertained, five foot three, an inch less than my own, but he made the most of what there was of him by holding himself as erect as possible, and as he wore soles an inch thick to his otherwise smart boots, he looked rather taller than he really